Popular podcast number 110, 109. Is it 110? Yeah. I think it's 110. Brian was 109. Yeah. I'm here with Todd McInerney in Kansas, British Columbia, Canada, who lives in... Oh, I didn't do it very well. I'm here with Todd McInerney of mushroomblading.com here in Kansas, British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> Hi! I have a coffee. I have a beer. We're drinking coffee black, like real men. It's pretty good. Like a real man takes his coffee. What, you need sugar? I got complimented for taking my coffee black by an older woman this weekend. It's admirable. It's like, uh, I think of a, like a, a cowboy or something at a diner. Just a real man. Just, just give me the coffee. I don't need no bullshit in it. Have you seen Twin Peaks? I have. But it, I've, make, I watched it so long ago, I oh, can't actually remember. They make coffee, black coffee seem really good. Is this going to be a problem? As long as you don't air hump while you're sitting. Actually, my chair doesn't do that. going to switch chairs here. Joey Todd. is currently switching his chair. Todd and I were talking about the importance of being sensitive to uh, environmental... Uh, <laughs> that's the new chair that's La- the new chair so last I just night, have to stay really calm on this chair last night we were uh, driving to Kamloops and we had the cats in the back and Donkey was meowing the whole time like non-stop and I started meowing back and there was like a window for an hour I got so good at meowing that really? Carly couldn't tell the difference between the cat and me. I don't know if I can do it now. Probably couldn't replicate it. Well, think of if you actually just think if you can go back to what, the thing that was is, like, good. you do it more and more, and then you you start to find it at the back of your throat. Oh, that was good. That one was good. Pretty good. <laughs> it goes, That's good. Was that you? 
Is that the cat? She couldn't even tell the difference after a while. So you can speak cat. <laughs> I'm starting to. So learn as a language. human being, what emotion do you feel when you when you meow? Is it pain? Yeah, it's kind of sadness, like a like a deep inhuman sadness. Meowing is what is up? Do it's, we know? Do we know? Like I no. mean, we don't have Google. We can't Google that shit. But. Well, I don't. People don't understand cats. What's going through their heads? How how they're experiencing consciousness? That's going to take a long time. But I do like imagine imagine if we get to the point where we can actually tap into a cat's consciousness. Like instead of taking a hallucinogenic drug, you you put you take a certain pill or you you plug your consciousness in and you are a cat and you feel what it's like to be a cat. How amazing would that be? We've we've touched on it that they're probably pretty wise. In terms of, like, they don't need a lot, they're good hunters, they seem to be, like, fairly uh, chill. When we had all that Bill Murray talk, and then we were talking about cats, and then I was like, and who is the voice of Garfield? <laughs> Bill Murray. Yeah. Cats are amazing. They don't give a... They no, don't they don't give, give a fuck. fuck. That's what I was And they're, so, they're ninjas. They're probably more ninja than any other animal. Yeah. More agility. They're so fast, and they're, but they're so chill. It's so weird. Now that I have a dog, like I had always been a cat person and I grew up, I had friends that had dogs and I was kind of like afraid. There were some kinds of dogs that made me graduate, like um, Border Collie, the kinds that would have been out at like Will Shanconi's ranch, like the ones that are on farms, they're fairly friendly. So I warmed up to dogs a little bit, but there's always someone who like I didn't know how to be around dogs. But now I realize that the whole idea of like being a dog person or a cat person is silly because it's so different like it's just completely different things that cats complement the environment in a way that dogs can't yeah dogs complement the environment in a way that cats exactly it's so silly to define yourself as a cat person or a dog person it's like why not like enjoy the differences of the the two animals they're very different animals they're Um, very different and they can they're both pretty sweet they can coexist right yeah they can hang out together yeah cats are uh, what I've found is they they take a lot and they don't give a lot back unless you're like the own like you have to establish a really good relationship with the cat. Yeah. Whereas dogs give more back. Dogs are easy. Like dogs will accept any person that walks through the door. Yeah. Like hey hey who who are you who are you I love you let's play. Cats it, yeah it takes a while to you have to develop a relationship. Um, the, the great quote, the Robert De Niro in Meet the Parents, like, oh, so you like a emotionally shallow animal? <laughs> he's talking about how he's a dog person. <laughs> mm, dogs, eh? Jinxie cat, jinxie cat, where are you? <laughs> Is that the song? Yeah. Jinxie. <laughs> that was a smart idea to to have a, to have that character be a cat person. That Robert De Niro's character <laughs> really loved Jinxie. Yeah, Jinxie the cat. What happened to Jinxie the cat in that movie? What was like the, like the comedy device? Uh, I can't remember. He he could he could pee in the toilet or something. Yeah, something and but did something happen to Jinxie cat in the movie? What didn't he do something that uh, Ben Stiller was blamed for? But it was yeah, the cat, and yeah. it's like. He's like, because Jinxie, the cat couldn't do that. He yeah. doesn't have opposable thumbs. But it was a classic thing where like, cats don't like certain people. Like the cat didn't like Ben Stiller's. Oh, I yeah. finally watched. Uh, I'm still here. I forgot. Sweet. To tell you. Yeah. The part with Ben Stiller, 
Ben Stiller was great. Yeah. But I, was he in on it or was he not? Who knows? Okay, so I'll, I won't talk too long on the movie, but um, it's worth experiencing. And it's tough to say if they've backed off of the idea that it was an experiment. Like, okay, so let's just say one of us go off the deep end and we film it and make a documentary out of it. And originally we think that we're going to not say that it's a hoax, that it actually did happen. And I almost feel like his career may have gotten so ruined that they had to say that he wasn't, or that he was playing a character, but he wasn't. He was living it. So it's like, that's the coolest part of that movie, is that that's up for debate. Yeah. He lived that character, but he was playing the character, but it did ruin his career. Or did it? I don't know. No, it didn't ruin his career. And now it is fact that it he did all of it for the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, he put on the weight, he grew out his beard, he, he... it was for the movie. But the the, the the thing that I love about it is that yeah. he did all of those things. Whether you want to... It, it, like, oh, he was just acting. It's all fake. But it wasn't fake. Like, yeah. he did call P. Diddy up on the phone. And he did go to red carpet events and say, yeah, I'm quitting acting. I'm doing this. That was real. Yeah. Whether or not it was for a movie or if it was, like, a decision he was making for the rest of his life, he still did it. Yeah. I think over time... I think it's going to age really well, and there may be other movies where they're going to reference that movie. Like, let's just say the world's still around, the entertainment industry is is ridiculous yeah. as it is now, that they'll reference that movie. I think there'll be similar movies done in that style. That's, I think it's a great, that, a great style. Things that, blur, that are going to start to blur the line between, uh, is the person playing a character? Yeah. Or did they live it, and what's the difference? Yeah, or yeah, you just choose to put yourself in a in a situation. Yeah, and that is real. Mm-hmm. You're cho- you're doing it for a movie, so it is acting, but you're still living it. Should I have and, said? And, and parts of it, parts of it, maybe were real. Like when he does, when he is freaking out, when he's crying, like I just ruined my career. Maybe that is real. You don't know. Yeah. But he went. He he committed to it so hard. Yeah. That a lot of it probably was real because he chose to put himself into that situation. But you don't know. Yeah. And he's such a talented like. He's very rich in front of the camera. Man, there's just some fun to watch. There's a lot of moments in that that are uh, super dark. About you, you get a lot of an insight into the like the Hollywood lifestyle. Oh and my stuff. god! Where Jamie Foxx is like at the <gasps> nightclub, and he's like, "My album's number whatever on iTunes right now." <laughs> and he's like, he has the whole like. It's in Vegas or whatever, and he's got Miami. all of his, like... It's, it's in Miami. Oh, yeah. man. Fuck. It's just, like, cocaine storm, probably. Oh. And he's got, like, his posse with him, and he's like, My name's Jamie motherfucking Fox, and gets, like, the whole nightclub to say it. And I was like, this is... Like, that's... It was a real that moment. Was a that was a real moment, yeah. On tape and, like... Fine, like, I don't... Obviously, I think you, you have the option of being that indulgent. That's amazing that Jamie Fox... That... That moment in time, like, his album was number two or three on iTunes, and he was in a nightclub getting people to say his name. With Most likely fucking, in fucking high on cocaine. Yeah, and, like, that was his world. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, that moment was so far outside of anything that I've ever... I've seen movies try and replicate, 
that like indulgent lifestyle, but to actually see a real moment being filmed in that movie. There's yeah. things like that that I loved about that movie. Yeah, but it was like it was a lot like uh, the Ali G, um, Borat type thing, where yeah, it's 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 a it's for a movie, but you're dealing with real people. You're yeah. dealing with the real world. Yeah, yeah. So there is it's it's like. Um, the Bruce Willis acting, hug. The Bruce Willis hug. That was a genuine <laughs> yeah, moment. Was. That wasn't like Bruce was like at a film studio and they're like, okay, walk through this door and then pretend like you're excited to see yeah. uh, Joaquin Phoenix and hug him. That was a real moment. Yeah. There were a lot of real moments with, within yeah, that movie. Yeah. All of it was real. Man, can you imagine that? The one thing that I was thinking of is like the, the lure and the romantic dark part of fame like you can feel it in that movie you can feel about if you were a really famous person that lifestyle how far away from this life it would be how far away from reality it would be it would be very difficult to maintain your your sense of like spiritual health because you would have such you would have such power over your existential right you would have well, i want this i'm gonna get it i'm fucking bruce willis i want a nice house boom got it i've got all the money in the world i want to fuck this beautiful girl boom got it well, you, you would get a disconnect from like having to deal with disappointment and deal with uncomfort and and all those things that help you develop like a spiritual health because yeah. when you're faced with like a shittier life you're forced to say okay it doesn't matter i'm still happy i'm still within me but then your whole sense of like excitement and happiness would be based on what's around you and then as soon as you don't get it you turn into a raging dickhead like fuck this shit i want my fucking caviar and i want my hookers and i want my cocaine fuck off you guys aren't fucking bruce willis i'm fucking bruce willis all right and well no one would treat who would treat you uh like who could you trust in terms of like what connection would you have with a person that would feel like a true connection nobody if you're fucking Bruce Willis, like... and there's a uh, if you ever look up like Kevin Smith has some really good Bruce Willis stories. Apparently he's super douchey, but Kevin Smith it's tough to say because Kevin Smith will do stuff for it's really good career wise for storytelling and stuff. But apparently a movie that he worked on with Bruce Willis, Cop Out or whatever, I didn't see it with Tracy Morgan. There's some yeah. really funny Bruce Willis stories <laughs> if you look them up. Like uh, Bruce Willis would like look at the script. I won't do it exactly, but just say that, like, this is all shit. Like, I don't want to do this, and, like, I'm not going to do this today, and, like, yeah, totally what you said. Yeah. But in his world, like, that might work a lot of the time, being that guy. Well, it has gotten him, like, you can get to high places being that person. Yeah. In the way that the world works. The game, the game is very good to people with egos that big. Yeah. But only in certain, you have to go down the path in a certain way. Well, there, yeah, there's no, there's no like, okay, if you do this, then this is going to happen. If you're a good person, then good things are going to come to you. To a certain extent, if you put out good energy, luck, you're going to get good things. But there's, there's, there's people who just got huge success at a young age, like Bruce Willis, or like Justin Timberlake, if you become one of these characters where you're so fucking successful at a young age, yeah. and it continues, and you yeah, continue to get that success, and and you're still you're a dick to everyone, you're 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 indulgent, 
and the success keeps coming. There's no consequences. Yeah. You you just turn into a you're like you think you can do fucking anything, and you're fucking Bruce Willis, and you're living in a mansion, and you you're a dickhead to people, and it doesn't matter. You know how scary it would have been, like Ashton Kutcher or whatever. He wasn't he married to Demi Moore. Yeah. And then someone like twenty years younger started dating her. You know how scary it would be to be like the actor dating Demi Moore, and then you have to go like meet Bruce Willis at some event, and just be Bruce Willis being like, "Yeah, so uh, how are things going with my ex-wife?" Like, what do you say to oh, Bruce yeah. Willis? Is Bruce Willis was married to Demi Moore? Yeah. Holy And they have a bunch fuck. of kids together, I think. And Holy their kids shit. are, like, already tabloid stars. This is bullshit that we're talking about, but I think all those kids are already, like, tabloid stars. Like, the all of the... I think it's all daughters of Bruce Willis and Demi Moore are all tabloid stars. And then it was Ashton Kuchner started dating Demi Moore. Like, what a crazy, crazy, crazy... I'm sure I, I've said numerous times, if I was, like, a famous person, I would jump... I would dive into the excess and indulgent, like, at least for a certain amount would. of time. Most people would. But I'm glad that I'm not there, because I think it would, it would be impossible not to be a fucked up yeah. person. It's you would just like, have to go down the road of, uh, if you could have anything you wanted at any time. Holy shit. It's, it's good it's good to experience disappointment and it's good to experience being a fucking loser it's so healthy for you yeah and it hurts you don't choose it if you were to to write your life from the age of 16 you would say I want to have all the money all the bitches I want everything to work out yeah. of course yeah. but that's not what's gonna like build character that's oh, not yeah. what's gonna make you the person that's gonna make you so fucked up and miserable um, you need to experience the things you wouldn't choose for yourself. I love the trajectory that my life has been on. It's been like awkward in certain places, but in my world, like, so there's just me. I'm a pro rollerblader. I'm a celebrity to myself. Like, I'm a pro and I'm a celebrity and I'm awesome. Yeah. That's on a good day. If I don't even see anyone, that's, I live in my own celebrity world. Yeah. It's healthier than being a real celebrity. Yeah. You're like... Even if I don't interact with anyone, I'll just be like walking with the dog, listening to a podcast, and I just drank a cup of coffee and being like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. This is amazing. The real... You just said it. The real... The real accomplishment in life is to become the person that you love to exist in like you're gonna live as joey for the rest of your life i love it as well yeah like (laughs) you get to be joey you have to become the person that wow like i get to be todd every day no matter what's going on around you even if i get there to take you a while well i'm still working on yeah it's not like i stay in that place all the time but but you're get but you're closer than you've ever been right oh yeah yeah for sure and and the thing about celebrity is that Bruce Willis, yeah, he's probably like, fuck yeah, I get to be Bruce Willis. Um, but that's dependent upon him being a successful actor, a rich guy, fucking hot bitches, cocaine, midgets, redheads, all that shit that comes with being Bruce Willis. But when you can get to that state without any exter- any mm-hmm. existential success, 
when you're that no matter what, like no matter what, you're Joey. Even if you're in a cave, even if you're on the street, even if you're Oh yeah. You're still yeah. Joey. Yeah, yeah, I love And so that. to be that that is true success in life. It's true. It's like no matter what goes wrong on the outside, I'm still in here, I'm still in this brain that is inspired and I'm still like excited just at like thinking about things and experiencing simple moments. No one can take that away from me. I'm balling as shit. That's why I guess the title of that movie was really smart. Really I'm, smart. I'm still here. Yep. Was it still him? I guess it was still him. Yeah. I'm still here. You. I. It took me a long time to get to that point. Obviously, I'm still going to be attached to some things right now in my life, but for the most part, and you've talked about it lately, like um, if you become a penniless wanderer, there's a certain amount of a relationship that you have with yourself that makes it okay. Yeah. You're still balling. And all of the 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 real ballers of planet Earth. The true ballers. The true ballers were penniless wanderers. Yeah. That's why like Jesus, Jesus is such Buddha. Uh, yeah. I don't know all of them, but they were all like nothing. Yep. Nothing. Nothing. And that's why I was telling you about that idea. I love the idea of like having all the stuff and then stripping it. Great the, idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. And then you yeah. strip. But. You become just you. Yeah. That's. And then that's when you find when you lose everything. Yeah. That's when you find the true whatever. No, you might find it for a little bit. Jesus. Do you think he was a real person? Um, to have, to, yeah, I, I do think, um, so he was just I a, don't know. He I was just a cool hippie dude. Basically, yeah. That's the idea. He was just a, a really, he was someone who at the time stuck out so much that people, people were attracted to him. Like, whoa, this guy is calm. Yeah. He's happy. People weren't happy back then. People were suffering. People were stressed out trying to survive. And this, there's this guy just like. I'm very happy. Do you think he would have been good at extreme sports? Mm, no, because like he didn't have very good nutrition. <laughs> he, <laughs> he would have broken um, bones really easily. Probably. Have you heard about this guy in Australia who believes that he's Jesus? <laughs> yes, I Holy shit! That is so scary, and he's so he's compelling. so charismatic. Yeah, he's like, wow, this this guy might actually be. You know Jesus. who I saw a bit of in. Who who does he make you think of in terms of like his camera presence? Well, Jesus. He he looks like Jesus. Um, I don't know who. Chris Lima. Oh yeah. In terms of the like insane charisma. Yeah, the belief, the insane belief in himself. Nima's got that. Yeah, yeah. Nima's. There's spiritual beings that I've met in my life. Nima's definitely one of them. Where at my best, at my best, I'm. I can draw on what makes Chris Nima awesome. Like the, I, I have to get him on the podcast. He, he has so, he, he it'll be a, a six hour. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Was he, he in roller skates? No, he was on blades. Oh, I think he's back sweet. on blades. Is he? He, apparently he's finally, he's found his mission. Oh, really? In rollerblading. I want to actually film with him for the next video. I would love to just get together with him and talk about the next thing that we're filming for yeah. just because I don't think a video like 
if he wasn't in Cirque du Soleil or Better Than Baseball, I don't. Those videos yeah, wouldn't so much have been what they were without the presence of. I think it would be really good to like. Um, maybe you could contact him uh, before you come up to Vancouver and mm-hmm. just say, "Yeah, we'd like to like film with you for a day and make a make a section." That's basically what you did for Cirque du Soleil. And he, oh, he, up, he came well, out he with usually this dog. Has, he he has the ideas, and yeah. I just have to film them. And in my mind, like sometimes that's amazing. Like through work or even just traditionally, if someone really has an idea of what they want to film, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to know, though. And it's hard to have the ego to, like, it's hard to be able to tell someone exactly what you want. It's difficult sometimes. And and also, like, a lot of what people want, when, when you tell them, oh, I'm coming, let's film, they're just like, I want to make, I want to just do the best tricks, I want to look like I'm just really good. And then what that means is that you're just going to pretty much just skate with the same intentions as everyone else. You're not, like, Nima's good because he's not about, like, I want to be tight. I just want to show people what's up. He it's, does. He, he thinks about the, like... He does what a lot... What, oh, no, I don't want to cut you off. What? Thinks about what? Because I just think we're like, on the same... Like, the whole, like, he's more of an actor. Like, he'll, he'll just take up a role... Or like show robotting in an interesting way. That's not just about like, oh, do you see the new Nema section? It's, yeah, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. The best, knowing like the best filming sessions and the best times working with someone, it's about someone who can create an atmosphere. That's right. it. Somehow, and you can't do it all the time, but it's like you could make outside on the grass there like, people who can suck you into an atmosphere for, like, a certain amount of time. I think that's what it's all about. He, instead of doing tricks and filming, would be, like, he would create an atmosphere that was, like, easy to film. Like, I even, before we even press record, he did that, like, for, uh, like, 45 seconds or something. He was, like, spinning on the grass, and he had, like, the tie and everything. <laughs> he was spinning on the grass. And then he ran and then slid. It was the first body slide I had seen under, like, a square rail. Yeah, Remember? Yeah. He, like, he got your attention and he started doing this little thing. And then he skated and then did the body slide under the square rail. Where That's when we filmed the thing of, like, Mason was... We made it look like he was leaning on it. And <laughs> Nima slid under it. I had never seen a body slide. But the way he... Instead of saying, like, here, watch this, he had done, like, a little routine leading up to it. That's, like, Nima. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be able to do that all the time. It's, like, so great to... It's, it's full-on. It is acting. But it's not at the same time. It's... it's uh, is he acting? It's something that role bitters, A lot of role-biters aren't good at, and it's a difficult thing to do in general, is just to kind of take yourself out of the equation and to just commit to... S- to an idea or a character or a vibe that yeah. you're going to put out. And to a certain degree, that's what people do when they're just like doing the, the tight shit. Keep like, keep your shit tight to a certain degree. That's it. But, but then that, that's what everyone does is you're keeping your shit tight. Why not get loose? Why not get loose on this shit? And like, like the section right, I just watched, I'm going to cover myself in oil and I'm going to ro- roll naked, and I'm going to vibe out on that. I'm going to vibe out on the oil. Hey, man. Loose and shit. You're going to give roll a bad name. You're going to make it look gayer than it already is. 
Don't do that shit, man. Yeah. That's... That attitude, that fucking attitude, that is what, like, holds people back from doing interesting things on rollblades. And when you try to act all tight and shit, it's the same shit as the dude who's all oiled up and naked. It's the exact same shit to an outside perspective. It's just lame as fuck. It doesn't matter. You should just be trying to be a person on rollerblades doing something that's interesting to anyone. You don't need to be interested in rollerblading. You're a person. Doing things. That's the future. You're on blades. No it's more a, it's, mystery. It's, no more mystery. No. No more glamour. No. No. No more mystery. No. Well, you can create a feeling of. It wouldn't be so much mystery, but you can create awesome videos by just being yourself in different ways. By being yourself and by, by just process, process. Yeah. You look at artists who paint, there's, you, you, you experiment with different processes, different tools, different ways to get yourself into that creative mode, different yeah. like approaches, and you allow yourself to be goalless for a little while and just allow yourself to just do, and then you, you learn little things along the way and just try to go in different paths, try to go left when everyone's going right yeah. try going like this weird path and then it might not be working it might not be working but then yeah, you might yeah. find something you might yeah. find something that is special and then hold on to it for a certain amount of time yeah. and commit to it and then people are gonna you'll get lame comments whatever but that's what the good shit is is when people just go far out with yeah yeah you gotta get shit. over fear and trying trying to like promote yourself, that's a traditional well, yeah. approach. Yeah, definitely. Fuck think... promoting yourself, especially like in rollerblading. Why are people promoting themselves? They're not gonna fucking make money. They're not gonna get bitches. What's the point? <laughs> that's really funny. Today, when I opened the door, I had just finished watching an edit, or I was in the middle of an edit, and I opened the door, and Todd was there, and I was like, "Man, I don't even, I don't even like rollerblading." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 wait. I love the activity of rollerblading, but I don't like a lot of the stuff surrounding it. Like, yeah, I, that it's supposed to be something where there's wildly creative people, and we we exist in a time where you should be able to go down a really distinct path of doing weird stuff. But unfortunately, there's a what is it? What would what would you even call that? What it's would you even pressure. call like? There's a uniform. There's a stance, there's a... It's a culture. Okay, that's right. cultural Okay, that's right. So, activity, great. Culture, bad. Yeah. So, and it, and... Because I just watched a... Or you can go ahead. No, go ahead. Have you seen Beautiful Losers? Uh, no, I think... I read the book. I haven't seen the movie. God. Like, it made me hate the word art and artists <laughs> so much. No, I hate's a strong word. But like if you watch that movie, it makes art and artists and people who are our age who are creative just look really bad. And I know I'm just as guilty, but so did it show like some of my sketches in a book or something? And like and like I want, you know, like, I wanted to be confrontational, you know, with what I put out. And we just got together and we created this space where everyone could just make stuff and look at it. 
And we weren't trying to be anything to begin with. <laughs> but then you're making a documentary talking about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the documentary is <laughs> is the opposite of what they're talking about. They're legitimizing their self through a documentary about how they don't care. Whereas it was the style that the documentary was made. There's a version of the documentary where they could have gotten all their points across in a different style, but it was like so glamorous. I don't know. It had people who I really like. It had like Harmony Corinne in it, and Ed Templeton's kind of interesting, I guess, but it just made you not ever want to talk about anything you do creatively to anybody. It was about how you just make stuff and it doesn't matter. And then it just slowly transitioned into this whole thing about how everyone ended up getting hired by companies. And like, uh, there was this point where it was a, a skateboard art show. And it was like, yeah, we got picked up by LA Weekly and then they moved the show. And it went from this like, do it yourself culture. Uh, get an art space and you know everyone just hangs out and it doesn't matter into this full on like just people sitting around in a circle jerking each other off <laughs> I don't know how I got to that tangent how did I get to that tangent uh oh cause it's just as bad as the wearing the uniform and, like it was right. it was the exact same thing as what rollerblading there's like people all kind of look the same and uh i don't know what did, what did we name that culture culture that's right. right so the culture well that was a long circle but the culture surrounding art and artists in the underground scene is just as bad like when i watched that documentary it made me actually not I want to ever have, like, I would never want to associate, I would never want to be a part of a circle of people who were artists right. because of that documentary. So it made me think about rollerblading that way, like. Yeah, what, I think it's like, um. Are you for time? I'm good. I got another half hour. <laughs> but I think it's like. That is a culture, and like I know what I haven't seen the movie, but Beautiful Losers is basically about like skateboarding culture and, and uh, do it yourself, like punk and, and all that. That's kind of tied together, and it the the shit that they made is awesome, and and the people are interesting, but it, it's almost it's it is pushing upon you this idea that an artist lives a certain way or like their their house looks a certain way or the the way that they talk is a certain way <laughs> and it is pushing upon you like a culture like you can't you can't create this if you're not skateboarding and if you're not like listening to a certain type of music Lack you don't live in a sh live in a shithole there's like this is it's like an elitism yeah. like a, like it's a culture that put that's all these people are a lot of them are victims of like being they're conformists. They're saying they're not, but they but they they are. That idea, of and they're taking themselves seriously. Authenticity. What the fuck does that even? What mean? What the fuck does that even mean? Hey, there. That documentary. 
they were authentic. And I think you do. You do also. Were... Like we also have like a different perspective on that because we know that they're all like do it yourself and like just make shit. But but they would look at us like fucking rollerbladers, which contradicts every fucking word they're saying. So when you're watching that, you know that they have that attitude, and they're fucking full of shit. You know. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I don't have a chip on my shoulder. It's a gaping hole. <laughs> but it, it okay. It does contradict what they're saying. Like if they're so into like like make shit and be free and like like explore different ideas, why is rollerblading so gay? Like putting wheels on your feet. If you're such a quote unquote artist and you're such an open person and you see things the way they are, you're you're a victim of social conditioning just like the rest of us because you have this lame um, animosity and uh, discrimination against people with wheels on their feet. Wheels on your feet? That's fucking sweet. What the fuck's wrong with that? Mike Mills had a cool part in that movie where he was like, uh, he said the thing that I always joke, I say unicycling. Like if you replace unicycling with rollerblading. He was talking about skateboarding. Yeah, let's go hula hooping for five hours after school. That's what all of it is. We were talking about that at the skate park today. That uh, it's funny that scootering is taking a massive market share right now of skateboarding, BMX, rollerblading. It doesn't really matter. Good. And then so people are threatened by it, but then it just objectively makes you think about, well, yeah, these are all just wheeled toys yeah They're, there's nothing that special what's wrong with it kids it's are getting it, together and having vehicle. fun cruising around it's, it's a vehicle it's to be a weirdo shit. yeah but it's exactly the same as skateboarding rollbiting it's just more accessible all their friends are doing it yeah why wouldn't you it's it's just it's a way to go do something with your friends the person and be is more interesting than the activity exactly Mike Fillaley, Mark Gonzalez. It doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter if they were on a skateboard, rollerblades, bike, scooter. They're they would have Mike V it, yeah. was really passionate about scootering. It's still as interesting. It's just Mike V. Yeah. It's more Mike V than it is skateboarding. No, I don't know, man. Though, like the stance of scootering, though, I just, I can't just get don't behind. like it. I just, I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, I, I, I just don't like black people. I don't know. I just don't like them. Why? That's so I, I stupid. Just, I don't like the way they look. We just really? watched uh, Justin Latimer in Bang. Similar thing. Doesn't matter what if he was riding a bike or... The, the vibe that you get from the Bang section is this is a very relaxed and focused... Per- He's drawing on something that is impossible to draw on. Like, you and I just can't go out... And make a section that looks like the bang section. Yeah. Dustin Latimer. He had this relaxed focus and this flow that we were talking about. Nobody makes shit like that. Nope. And you that's because it's you Dustin wouldn't see an edit. Latimer. Then. Yeah. Someone who went in a direction. He he chose a direction. He committed to it. Yeah. And he created something that was so unique within rollerblading. Yeah. His goal for that one was. He tried to make it almost all ditch. It's almost all ditches, right? That entire section. There's some street stuff mixed yeah. in. But his goal was to make all transition on street. I gotta go to Arizona, man. Fuck. Yeah. I have two... Oh, there's other topics. 
So I posted the. Uh, did you watch the old shit that I posted online? Which shit? I, I posted those old tapes that I found. Yeah. What? Did, how did you feel when you watched them? Or, or... it was uh, it was us being young, just copying what we were seeing, and just trying to be. That's that's natural. That's yeah. what kids do. You're getting into something. You watch the videos. We were just try, We were latching on to what we looked at as like being cool and just trying to copy that. You know what I thought was so interesting though? Like in terms of if we would have done that skating a little bit faster with the clothing that you're supposed to wear today, all of that shit is modern. Yep. Like it's not that far off from modern skating at all. It was yeah. like nice grabs, <laughs> nice spins, a nice array of grinds. Like totally. we could do all of the different grinds and if, if it was like filmed on DSLRs and we were just dressed up in the modern like black jeans and a black rock t-shirt or whatever yeah whatever the fuck the outfit is and the skates would have been a little bit better like more of a soul space so maybe we would have been able to do like a little bit more stuff but it's skating hasn't the actual like uh the core of what good skating is some people may argue that that skating's better than what we do now i don't know you, like people have to ask themselves what are you trying to do when you're making like a skate edit or a skate video yeah what's your intention what do you do? yeah i talked about that are it's you trying to like idea, show yeah. new ideas of what yeah. you can do on rollerblades are you trying to look because i question a, a lot of people's intentions I think it, a lot of it is, like, showing people what's up and showing people, like, so yeah, I still got it, but, like, what do you still have? And then when you condense that down, when you distill it, it just becomes, like, okay, you're just trying to be what everyone else is and what they expect from you. I, th- I wish it was more about new ideas and more about, like, experimentation and going in different directions. Like, if, if Shima put out an edit of just, like, a minute of him doing tricks that had never been done. And that's not that fucking hard. That's easy. There's so much to be doing. And if you don't think that's easy, if you don't think that's possible, then why are you so passionate about rollerblading? If you're so passionate about rollerblading, you should, you should know in your heart that you could easily make a three minute edit of new tricks, shit that hasn't been done. New, is it new? combination just kind of new ideas yeah, yeah like even combining old stuff to create something new or you know it's really pe- we were talking about this today we're not even that good at being creative at no. all we're actually pretty shitty at it well we're not that good at skating yeah. we're pretty good at being creative we're we're good at working with the no, skills but that like, we have when we have conversations about stuff that you could do it's tough. There's you, a lot of stuff that you can yeah. do, and it's actually quite simple in terms of like you just connect some dots between a few things that you that you can do. Because we're talking about um, just even the fact that you have a spare foot free before you jump a gap today. Yeah, and then from there, things. the amount of things that you can do before you jump a gap. But in skating today, talk. Yeah, both feet. You gotta go in a straight line, you gotta jump the gap, both Tight. your feet have to land. Nice grab. Yeah. Relaxed landing. Yeah. But the example was like 
you roll r- rolling up to a set. You're just going to do a 540, but right before you do the 540, you just kick one of your legs as high as you can. And if you did it skillfully and you did it with a rhythm that was like kick high with your foot and then right when the foot comes down, you crank a five over the set. Oh, that is so, so sick. Cool. And, and it, it becomes so unexpected because cool. you think, oh, what's this guy doing? He's, he's in this weird body position. And then, boom, he just flies like 540 over the set. That's a very simple idea. Yeah. We don't see that when we watch roller, roller news edits. We don't see ideas. We just see repetition and shit is tight. Grab safety grabs. Oh, safety yeah. grabs are fucking lamest shit. <laughs> it's the lamest shit you could ever do. Is a well, safety no, grab. You can do. Uh, John Elliott had some nice safety grabs. There's, there's yeah. like people can. But I but did it. It was just because John Elliott was awesome. The line that I did at the park. I did it like an all safety grab line at the party, <laughs> and it makes you feel like you're making fun of rollerblading. Like, well, <laughs> really? Yeah. We, or didn't we? Didn't we say one? <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. You could extend that. We were talking about making a video called One Foot, and everything would be on one foot. We should make a video called Safety Grab. Safety Grab. <laughs> yeah, I've done some terrible safety grab. I've done safety grabs that I didn't even actually grab. My feet come up, and my hand goes down, and just kind of touches the side of my skate. <laughs> so funny, that's a thing. <laughs> like, if someone sees, like, a photo or a video of skating, like, man, you wouldn't even be grabbing your boot. You are <laughs> brushing it. <laughs> Grabs. I mean, grabs can look really grabs sweet. Can look some great, people yeah, make yeah. them, like Colin Kelso does some really nice grabs. And yeah. like steel grab. You did a really nice parallel 540 today at the park. Oh, yeah. If nice. I do a grab, I have to. It's. You think of yourself in a pose in time for a short amount of time. So yeah. if I'm going to do a parallel grab, you have to feel it. Yeah. Parallel, grabs can yeah, that's be right. Sick. I did do a parallel 540. Really nice. Yeah. I don't know why I've been. Why would I do a parallel 540? Has there been anything recent with a parallel 540? People don't... I had, I don't see a lot of parallels. How much time do you have? Ten minutes. Oh, shit. I don't have it. It's not, oh, I do have okay. it. I do have it. Should we take a break? Yeah, quick break. All right. I have to pee. So... <laughs> No. Chimbosh nada. Buta, buta, buta. Buta, buta, See, Abbot's a canada, se passa camodo. Nodo sara. Tabatis to pa chicopeta motum and to pete zena. Zena? Was it busy? I was super. Got good at the end there. Oh, I actually felt like I was talking. 
But I, whatever I felt I was talking about there, that it was like it was like sports or two guys like arguing about like a some kind of thing that they both liked, like a, could have been about like baseball or something. That actually, it felt really healthy. It was like glossolalia. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's a really healthy thing to spit out gibberish. It's okay because I, I was thinking about. The opening of a podcast with Brian, where you were doing that, <laughs> you just said, I, "I don't know." No, I, I, I can't, can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> if you just make someone feel uncomfortable to the point that they just say, "I can't do this," <laughs> that's good. Gibberish is really good. Gibberish was the dawn, the the birth of language. Was just gibberish that eventually there was meaning in the sounds. It had to start. It had to start with gibberish. It had to start with, and then it oh, formed from that, like body hand, languages, body language, and, and hand signals first. Like it would have been really natural to point at places to go or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, pointing. Pointing with the, was with the, the dog. Point. It's so interesting. It's like. Uh, It'll it'll want to be it'll want to listen to you and then all it needs is just some like simple hand signals or something yeah. to help to help it out. So that must have been the starting of it. That thing tripped me out so much. I was sitting at a Starbucks and I told you and Dana and Riley this. I think on the way to Dallas' Stag, where I was talking about where I realized that <clears throat> letters actually look like how they sound. If you stare at letters, they look like how they're supposed to sound. And that was yeah. just blew me away. Well, yeah, they're visual representation of a sound that you make with your mouth. Why didn't anyone tell me that? Or do, do, did people tell us that in elementary school? Why don't they say that, like, as a visual, there's, there's a reason why they look like the way that they do? Well, maybe that, that probably helps us learn it in the first place. Yeah, I guess so. Subconsciously, you, you learn the letters. You learn A, A. It's like a triangular A, A. Like, it, it makes sense. You. Or is it, or is it the opposite where you we think it makes sense? You attach it? meaning to that symbol. No, if you really think about it, they look like how they're supposed to sound. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure when, like, whoever... That's, that's the crazy thing. Like, who created the alphabet. Why isn't the person who invented the alphabet the most famous, one of the more famous people in human history? Because it was like such a joint effort that slow, like the alphabet. that, tri- that trips me out. I always think about <laughs> language. Like, okay, there's a tribe of people and someone starts making these sounds with their mouth. How did he spread it? And how did he spread it to all these other villages all around the country? And everyone comes to this consensus that the word fuck is something that you shouldn't say. And the word tree, the sound when someone says tree, it represents this thing. And how in the first place do you... Do oh, because, well, the way that they sound, it? they sound harsh. Fuck. Fuck. Shit. Cunt. Piss. Yeah, they sound... They sound harsh. But. But's not a swear, and that's... That's, that's harsh. But. But? Oh, look at your butt. You've got a sweaty butt. Oh, look at that chick's butt. <laughs> but. Bum. Bum. Look at her bum. bum. Bum's a good word. 
like a, there's funny ones where you can have a cut on your hand or a wound on your hand, but if you have a sore on your hand, it's Ugh, so gross. A like a festering it's, sore. Like if you have sores on your arm. Oh, look, he's got sores. Ugh. Oh, that just means that they're gross, but like cuts on your arms. A wound? Wounds aren't as bad or scratches. It's admirable to have a wound. Yeah. The, the subtle sores means that you're, you're, it's you're a piece infected. of shit. Yeah. And sores on your You own. have unhealthy habits. If you have sores, you're If you have unhealthy... sores, that means that your body's just giving up and, like, opening up. Ugh. It wants to be infected. Ugh, if he likes sores. it. Um, what is your first creative act that you remember? Um, off, like, when you first said it, uh, I thought of the first... Uh, I had this, um, like, wood-burning tool. Yeah. It was, it was shaped like a pen, and yeah. you would plug it in, and it would get really hot. And you could, like, put it into wood, oh, and it and would, they would basically draw yeah, yeah. on wood, but it would burn. And yeah. I remember, like, I, I had a chair, like a wooden chair, and I covered the whole chair in just, like, drawings with this wooden... What? How old were you? Uh, like, 13... Holy I don't. I don't think that was my first shit. creative act, but that was the one that popped into my head. So you weren't creative until much later. Um, or you were creative. I was creative. You know, you like, very that's just that's just what popped into my head. That collage that was on the fridge at your old place of you doing all different activities oh, yeah. was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Was it how many activities was on that thing? Like twenty. <laughs> Can you still do that? The head. The. Headstand? Do yeah. you do it very often? Was no. that like one of your favorite things to do? I used to like, I I was into sports, yeah. but what I was really into was the highlights, like the, the, the plays and stuff that people made. I would play a lot by myself and pretend like I was playing a game. Like I would have, I, ha, I was really into like Nerf, like basketball. Yeah. I had a little basketball hoop on my door. Yeah. And I would like play by myself for hours and just get so into it doing like alley-oop, like slam dunks and like playing out these scenarios. That's totally like a, that just translates so well into skating, hey? Yeah. yeah it's that it's idea. Very of like similar. Highlights. Yeah. That's like what? That's what was so exciting fucking about. Fucking weird thing. Yeah. The invention of rollerblades in these videos. It's almost like it just seems like it was planted when it, like, what are the chances of just some silly fucking activity, wheels, feet being, like, just when uh, video, cam- like, home video cameras, and it just seems like it's so fake that people like us could have gone perfect. so far in, like, sports and all that stuff that we could have so easily had, but these little things that infected our brains, that yeah. altered the course... Because it was so, it was too perfect for too like perfect. the type of person that you were. Like, of course you're going to get into that. Yeah, it was too perfect, and the the odds of me being introduced to that at that certain time That's in my life. Weird too. It's, it's such a freak thing that you lived up the street, and you and Colin were into rollerblading, and I would like go on my bike with you guys. Like the odds of me knowing you guys. And then being friends with you and going out with you. Well, yeah. And, and I being could, introduced to skating. Because I randomly moved, too, from downtown to uptown. Wow. If I would have stayed downtown, I don't know if I would have gotten into rollerblading. Who knows? Yeah. That's fucking weird. I yeah. don't know. That's when you think about that simulation theory. It almost just seems like someone just writes a little 
script. A little code or something to change one thing. Like, oh, let's, uh, let's introduce, uh, like, a better technology. Like, not roller skates. Yeah, they, let's introduce rollerblading into the world. Let's see what happens. See what happens. And then they place, like, certain codes in certain areas. Like, oh, like, oh. This yeah. person would be perfect for rolling. Look at how he's playing. The fluke of like how it started out too, and what's happening with it now. Oh my god! Because my thing too, I, my first creative act, what I wrote down, made me think of like, well, this just seems too bizarre. That I just remember drawing in my room for long periods of time to music, like drawing things that looked like almost action. Yeah. Like I would draw scenes. That looked like I wasn't a good artist, but I would draw things that looked like they were moving, or I would play with GI Joes in quiet settings. I didn't like being disturbed. I needed to focus on what I was doing, and I always had to like play music in the background. And I would like do things with the GI Joes that would be like depending on what song it would be playing. And then I just realized, like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Yeah, so easily translates into what? Yeah, why I like doing what I and then. It just seems so fake. Well, that's, yeah, that's probably why you're so attached to it and why I'm so attached to it is because it resonates with something that that we would have other li- otherwise lost. Like, it pleases, like, the inner child for oh, us. Oh, yeah, like, that's In such a big way that, like, nothing else that we found can please it in such a powerful way. That's, yeah. And it's... You can do highlights. You can yeah. create highlights on your own terms. Yep. You can play by yourself. It's it's like the same thing. It's it's highlight a perfect reel. way to do that. What was the first like highlight reel that you saw? Like how old were you when you saw it? So it was like a baseball highlight reel that you yeah. saw? Yeah. And it was like the, the TSN, like like TSN t- t- highlight of the night. And like the, they always had highlight reels. That was yeah. what my favorite part about the sport, the sports were. It so wasn't. What was it about? It was they were going outside of what the like what was normally expected it was people like taking chances and or what was it about it was like highlight reels what is that about like making the good save or making the good catch like is it i don't know like we used to, i used to go my dad would hit baseballs to me like fly balls yeah and i was like a little kid and i would i would i would i would make these diving <laughs> catches and i would I think it was like the, it's that meditation thing, right? Where that ball goes in the air and you're just like, every, everything else is just quiet. The whole world yeah. does not exist. You, all your focus, you're 100% focused on that ball in the air and you're running faster than you would normally be able to run because yeah, you're true. in that zone. Yeah, because yeah. you're in that, you, you can't normally run as fast as you're running. Yeah, you can't true. normally pull it off. Yeah. You couldn't like, if someone told you, Okay, run really fast in that direction and then dive in the air and land on the ground. You wouldn't do it as well as if the, the ball's there, right? So it creates this heightened focus in you. Yeah, and that's it, true. And you're a, capable of something that you wouldn't otherwise be capable of. And you can run so fucking fast. And it's like magic being at that place where the ball la- falls to the ground. You're in that place, diving with your hand out, catching it. That moment is just... There's, it's like... It's it's so it's like magic. It's just the perfect yeah. moment. So that's why I got a t- I experienced that, and then I would watch like amazing. And it didn't even matter what sport: hockey, baseball, football. Like 
it was these moments where people would do these amazing things and it was just like so exciting when you get rewarded by something in your body and or something rewards you i don't know what that is if it's like don't want to get too weird but like is that your spirit rewards you because it's like yeah man yeah you went outside of your comfort zone or something like that it's that perfect moment that just it is i guess meditation would be the best name for it where you really drop out of everything else and you just focused on the one thing and it, it can be sports it can be even just talking to someone having a moment where oh, you're yeah. both <laughs> connecting yeah. on really just a perfect level where you're not distracted yeah. and you're very you're just not thinking about anything else like it can happen in so many different areas of life where that moment just it's like a boost it's like a power boost i had that moment like the other weekend i talked to someone and i was like man i like after i was just walking to the car and i was like i feel so high after talking to that person yeah. i feel really crazy that was a bizarre experience, like things that take you out of your normal world and experience of life. How much time do you have? And I should probably take off. That's fucking it. Well, that's a good place to very good end it off. Then. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Always is. It's been how to be unpopular, number one hundred and ten. One hundred and ten. Hey, it's just the you, beginning. If you start something, you chip away at it. Yep. You'll be surprised. Yep. It's Sto- just the beginning. Stone by stone, bird by bird. Yep. We have made it to 110 recordings of memories in life, conversation. Yeah. Words. Making sounds with Making our mouths. Sounds. These are my private chambers. Samasong. 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 Zamukamasa. <laughs> <laughs>